Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Today is Sunday, December 10th, 2017, and this is the Bunny Slippers or Evil Job Seekers Call-In Show, presented by Evil Bunny Consultants. I'm your host, Tyrone Griffin, and if it's 3 p.m. and you've got on your bunny slippers, you're not looking for a job. Welcome, everybody. I apologize first. Let me apologize for not doing a show yesterday when I was supposed to. Uh, I didn't have any power. For some of you uh, know that down here in the ATL, we got about 10 or 11 inches of snow yesterday, and it knocked out everything. So couldn't do a show yesterday. Um, on top of that, if you notice, I haven't done one in a little while. The reason I haven't done shows in a while is uh, because I feel like I ran out of stuff to say. I've been doing this show for seven years, and I didn't want to start repeating myself. So I'm not saying I've given the show up, but i just going on some hiatus here and there until something comes up and I say, hey, this is something I need to speak on. And that's why I'm doing this show today. Uh, recently, I had to do several interviews. I had to host several interviews. I mean, in, on the magnitude of about 20. And just uh, in addition to, to analyzing and evaluating each of the people we were interviewing, uh, it reminded me of some, some tips for people interviewing that I wanted to share. Excuse me. So if you've got any questions, type them in. Um, but the goal of today's topic is, um, I call it acing the interview, but it's just how to do your best on the interview. Let me break, make a, take a big picture view. The interview is part of your job search process. So remember, I've talked about in the past that your resume, your interview, your, net, your networking, your marketing, your business cards, everything has to tie together. You just can't have random stuff. You can't give one image on your resume, another image on your business cards, another image on your online media uh, where you're looking for a job. You've got to be consistent. So that's the first thing. So let's talk about the tips. I came up when I, I tried to do 10 tips, and I came up with 11 tips for interviewing. First and foremost, listen. If you're in an interview and they ask you a question, listen to the question you're being asked. Answer the question, not what you want. Answer the question you're being asked. Don't make an interviewer ask you two or more times the same question because you keep evading the question. If you don't want to answer it, here's the thing. You're interviewing. You're interviewing for a job. You're interviewing for a job. Sorry, but you're an open book. If, you want, if there's something you don't want to answer, just say, I, I, I prefer not to answer that question. But don't try to make up an answer to, to, or try to evade it. Just say, hey, I don't want to answer that question and be done with. But again, listen to the question you're being asked. Okay? If it's not a matter of you don't want to answer the question, but you want to answer something else, you're going to have a problem because people aren't stupid. And if you, we ask you what color is the sky and you answer Oldsmobile, we're going to know that. Okay? So, so first, first and foremost, people, listen to the question. Um, second, and it's, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not too surprised, but I want to make this point. Men, especially, you have an interview, unless you are interviewing, and even if you're interviewing as a mechanic, wear a suit, wear a suit, wear a jacket and tie. If you have one, wear it, okay? Uh, I know we're business casual in most companies, and unless you're called at the last minute for an interview, um, wear a suit. It's not that hard. Ladies. Also, dress presentable. 
Yeah, it's not. Maybe your 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 job will not require you to wear a suit every day, but wear a suit. You can't go wrong wearing a suit because when we go casual, or at least a blazer and a collared shirt, at least that. Don't wear a sweater, a zip-up sweater with a you know a t-shirt underneath. Don't wear your your um, favorite team's blazer. Just Wear suit. I know, again, this is personal preference. You know, I'm not going to say this is the end all and be all. But if I'm interviewing someone and they walk in with a suit on, I immediately get a one impression of that person. They walk in with jeans and sneakers and they want a job in corporate America, I get a different impression of that person. I'm not saying that's a deal breaker in an interview. But if it comes down to it, those are the things people think about. You don't like it, that's, it's just how it is, okay? Um, next one. If we say, if your interviewer says, so, tell me about yourself. We don't want your life story. We, let me repeat that. We don't want your life story. Two, maybe three minutes, tops. The goal of the interview is not to hear your life story. Don't start out with, well, when I was in high school or when I was in college. No, when you start out like that, it's not going to end well. I've told the story where I went to a job networking meeting at a church, and I walked in, and the guy, we, I got did late with somebody, and the guy was, was talking about himself, and everybody was listening. And, you know, we didn't know what it was, but we sat down quietly and listened. And this guy went on for maybe – after we arrived, after I arrived, he went on for another five, six, seven, eight minutes and just talked about, you know, uh, when he was, you know, we played intramural sports and all these other things he did. And, and you know, I walked in late, so I didn't want to, 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 to say anything, but just listening to this guy, I'm sitting there trying to figure out, okay, what is this guy talking about? And then I realized, yeah, it was a mock interview and he had been asked the question, so tell me about yourself. And this guy rambled from what I gather, even before we got there, he'd been talking for about four minutes. So basically 10 minutes of him talking about himself. Uh, then they asked for feedback. And to put it nicely, the crowd lit this guy up. They lit him up. And the, the gist of it was, dude, nobody wants your life story. I've sat in interviews where somebody's on the phone and they're talking. And there's a point where you hit the mute button and you're looking around the room like, what is this guy talking about? We asked you that question. If you asked that question, tell me about yourself. Two, maybe three minutes. It's got to be relevant. You don't have to talk about your personal life. You don't have to talk about your family. Talk about yourself. Talk about what you like to do in relation to this job. You like water skiing? Good. We're not looking for a water skier. We're trying to get an understanding of what you're bringing to the table to this job. Okay, three minutes tops. That's all you need to say when they ask you to tell them about yourself. Please, don't do that. Um, the next one is leave your phone at home. You would think that you didn't have to tell people this but you do. There's nothing more, how I'll use the word, interesting 
then somebody sits down for an interview and puts their phone or phones on the table between them and the interviewer. And then they sit there and smile. Like, Now, if you have a situation where you have a family crisis uh, and you need to, for whatever reason, you need to be able to answer that call quickly if it comes, understand that. Tell the interviewer that up front, that, hey, the reason I have this phone here is because da 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 But when you sit down and put the phone on, on the desk, and invariably it's going to ring. And when it rings, that's when we all sit and say, okay, is he really or she really going to answer that phone? Unless it is the utmost dire emergency, your spouse is in labor uh, or something similar, at least leave your phone in your pocket, if not with the ringer off, if not in the car. I'm truly, truly surprised in 2017 that is something that I have to even mention, to leave your phone out of the interview. I'm, I'm shocked. And I'm shocked because I've seen it. I've seen people sit down at an interview. Multiple people will sit down in an interview and put their phones on the table. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm interviewing you, and my phone isn't even on the table. You going to put yours out there? Really? Again, none of these are deal breakers. None of these are deal breakers because none of these have anything to do with your qualifications of the job. But understand this. The interview process is for us to meet you. If we were hiring strictly on the on the the education background or the skills of the person, we wouldn't interview you. We'd pick the person based on the resume. The resume gets you in the door. The puts you on stage. Now you gotta dance. And if your dance is my phone's on my on the desk because that's more important than what I'm doing here. Again, if it is, just mention it. Okay, I'm not gonna ramble on that anymore. Um Next one, bring a notebook. That ties into another one I'm going to talk about in a minute, but here's the thing about a notebook. And not just a, you know, bring an 8 by 11 at least size notebook. And then you'll, I'll tell you why later on. You never know what we are going to say or what is going to be said to you in an interview that you are going to want to write down. Uh, for example, I've said that one of the things that I do in an interview when I'm interviewing is I ask the person interviewing me to tell me the three or four things that the successful candidate has to do well in this position. And they will give me three or four things or maybe five, and I will write down those things. And then I will literally spend the rest of the interview addressing those things that they said, okay? Um so you never know when you're going to be in a position to write something down. Write down names, write down uh, – they might ask you a question to work out a, a, a calculation, and you got something to write on, okay? You never know when you're going to be asked to do something like that. And if you don't have a notebook, you're unprepared. Again, it's not a deal breaker, but you're walking into an interview that you've known about for a couple of days, and you don't have a notebook, what am I missing here? Okay, so 
bring a notebook and a working pen or pencil. It's not just about having it. I'm very surprised that I still need to tell people these things. Not that I'm brilliant, but okay. Let me let me back up from that. Um, everybody has not had as many interviews or done as many interviews as I have, so I apologize. I shouldn't be saying it. I'm saying this because I feel it needs to be said. It, it, leave it at that. Uh, okay, and the next one is bring your resume. Bring printed copies of your resume. You can find out usually how many people you're going to be interviewing with. Bring at least one copy for each of those people. Now, granted, a lot of times companies will print out your resumes beforehand and make sure everybody has them, and that's good. But if somebody's added at the last minute and, and they don't have a copy, you want to have one ready for them. Bring your resume. Just bring your resume. It's, it's not rocket science. Um, that notebook that I mentioned in the previous tip, Great place to put your resume. Just slide them in there. Now you've got your resume in your notebook. So if say somebody says, oh, do you have a copy of your resume? Yes, I do. Right here in my handy-dandy notebook. Here you go. Okay? So bring your resume. Um, be careful stating ulterior plans. What I mean by that is, say, for example, you're applying for a job. And in the midst of the conversation, you say, well, you know, uh, next year I'm planning to go for my Ph.D. You're planning to go for your Ph.D., huh? Well, that's usually a full-time thing where you can't really work while you're getting your Ph.D. So why are you applying for this job? Okay? People say stuff like that, and it's like they get caught because they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to stay here for three months, and then I'm going to quit. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it sounds crazy, but people do it. So just be careful of ulterior ulterior plans. Um, next one, know where the job is. Know where the job is located. You may be in here in Atlanta. The job may be in Chicago. It will say that on the application, on the job description. If you are not willing to move to Chicago, don't apply for the job. Um, don't get this idea in your head that, I can make them not – I'll make them let me work here. You know, well, I was thinking that uh, that I, I, I'd really like to do the job here in Atlanta. No, the job's in Chicago. Yeah, but I don't see a reason why I couldn't do it in Atlanta. There's a reason you can't do it in Atlanta because you won't be working for us, okay? Um, do your homework, people. Read the job description. It'll say in the job description where the job is located. Um, it, one of the things that people don't like doing for some reason anymore is going into the office. And there are some jobs where, you know, FaceTime is good. I'm not talking about the Apple thing. I'm talking about having your face in front of people, having people see you for, on a regular basis. A lot of people, they don't, for whatever reason, they don't want to do that. They don't want to, um, they don't want to come in the office because it's easy and more convenient to work from home. Well, yeah, that's real nice. But there are some jobs where you have to come into the office. You have to come into the office. It is what it is, okay? Don't push back in the interview. If this is their rule, then, then okay, I'm going to play by your rules. Let's come in the office. Um, but, yeah, be willing to move if the job requires. And, yeah, it'll be right there in the job description, you know, if you've got to move. Um, 
Yep, come into the office. Smile on the phone. If there's a small a, a, a phone interview, you you know I used to hear this, and I didn't believe it either. But when somebody has a pleasant attitude on the phone or smile on their face, you can tell over the phone. You can tell that oh, this person is smiling, um, and it it kind of makes a difference in your in how you project yourself, you know, because you have to project who you are. Okay, so it, it does make a difference. So if you're in the if you're doing a phone interview wherever you are, smile. If you can get a mirror in front of you, that was one of the tips they told us back in the day. Uh, face a mirror, look at yourself in the mirror, and smile. It changes how you sound. You sound a lot better when you smile. Okay, versus when you have the mean mug or whatever. It, you can hear it in your voice. Um. Confidence versus very, very fine line between confidence and arrogance. Um, confidence to me, excuse me, I apologize. Confidence to me is you know what you know. You're comfortable with your knowledge of things. Arrogance to me is I am the smartest person in the room, and I want you all to know. Here's the thing about corporate America, but jobs in general, I think. If you are, in fact, the smartest person in the room, you don't have to say nothing. You know, everybody will know. But when you come in having to prove that, people don't like that. You know, corporate America is the long game. It's the long game. You're, if you're in your first job, you're starting your first job, you're trying to go 40-plus years working. Long game. Learn to appear humble. Learn to not be perceived as arrogant, even if you know your stuff. Even if you know your stuff, people don't like arrogant people, okay? It's like, you know, you, you feel you're better than people, and that's how some people will perceive it. That's how you know, arrogance is. But you can be confident in your knowledge and your skills. That is totally appropriate to feel confidence, to feel confident in what you know and what you can do. But you don't have to win every time you step in the room. You don't have to um, – here's the thing. I remember a position or, 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 or a networking uh, meeting. I went to a Department of Labor, and they did mock interviews, and we did them, and they told me I was the second most arrogant person, which shocked me and freaked me out a little bit too. Um, but the guy who was number one, you know, they said, dude, you're just too arrogant in your interviews. He's like, and they said, told him, and I never forget this, they told him, you act like you know more than the interviewer. And his response was, well, yeah, in most cases I do. And I remember somebody said, but the difference is the interviewer has a job. You don't. And the interviewer has some influence on whether you get a job. So winning that battle and losing the war is not a good look. 
okay? You may well be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to tell nobody. The, the, the advantage of being the smartest person in the room is that nobody knows you're the smartest person in the room. People will know you know your stuff. If you are the smartest person in the room and everybody knows it, there's no reason for you to beat people over the head with it. You just, you're there. And, you know, in their minds, we are that's a smart guy. But he doesn't wave a flag, look at me, I'm smart. Particularly on the interview. Because when you, when you raise, when you try to act like the smartest person in the room, people will start looking for flaws. When you act like you're the best person in the room, people will start looking for flaws. People will start looking for chinks in the armor. You don't want nobody looking for chinks in the armor. If you are the smartest person in the room, it's no reason to brag about it. Just be the smartest person in the room. Okay? Um, and then here's this one. Don't have a 10-page resume. Let me say that another way. Don't have a 10-page resume. Nobody's reading it. How does somebody get a 10-page resume? Well, I actually sat down and read one, and I kind of figured out how it happens. Say you get your first job out of college, and you do this job for two or three years, and you write down, so you build your resume, you write down 10 or 12 bullets about this job that you did. And you move to another job couple years, you spend a couple years there, and you write down 10 or 12 bullets for that job. You don't get rid of the first job's bullets, you just add to it. So you got 20-some bullets now between two jobs. And as your career goes on, you get more and more and more jobs, and you just add on top. But you never go back and look at that first job and ask the question, is this experience relevant, or is all of this experience relevant? Okay? It may not be relevant. That is what it comes down to. What's relevant, period? That's the only thing on your, on your resume that matters. What is relevant, okay? The fact that you did these 10 things at this job 20-some years ago is nice, but we're not asking you to do that on this job, okay? Um, so that's how it happens is people keep adding on to their resume, and the next thing you know, they got 10-page resume, and they don't know what to cut out. So let me give you the overview of the resume. The resume is like a um, – okay, look around your house. Look around your house, all the things you got, the pictures you got, the statues, the paintings, whatever you got. Everything in your house is there for one real – I mean, probably other reasons, but one reason everything is there for is because they are all conversation starters. When – you see a painting on the wall at somebody's house. Oh, I like that painting. You start a conversation about it. When you see statues and, and different knickknacks on somebody's tables, it's all a start conversation. It's all things that you can have conversations about. Your resume is a conversation starter. It's not a conversation ender. It's a conversation starter. What do you mean by that, a conversation starter? The resume, and here's the thing. If you have a 10-page resume, I can read everything in your resume. I don't need to talk to you. You don't want to give an interviewer a reason not to talk to you. You want to give them a reason to talk to you. You want to fascinate and intrigue them with what's on the written page. Um, 
So my suggestion with your resume, and if you go to TyroneGriffin.com, you'll see my resume. You can download it and, and have fun with it. Um, the way I look at resumes is that resume is just something to get the conversation going. It's supposed to be interesting enough so that um, I want to have a conversation with you. Um, that's it. That's what your resume is for because your resume shouldn't sell you. You should sell yourself. But if your resume is 10 pages, well, I don't need you in the room. So that's one thing. With your resume, it should be consistent. Whatever your core competencies, I've said this before with resumes, the resume should be about what you can do for that person, not about who you did it for. Again, the dating analogy. If you see somebody you are fascinated with and want to step to, first thing out your mouth ain't, Hey, baby girl, you know, I dated all them women over there. I dated her, I dated her, I dated her, I dated her. You're next. No. So think about that in a job situation. You walk into an interview, and the first thing you're saying is, I work for them, and them, and them, and them, and them, and them, and them. And you're next. Okay, but what are you going to do for me? Oh, well, let me go talk to them about what I can do for you. I don't care about who, where you did it. I care about what you can do for me, Period. End of story. What can you do for me? That's all I care about as a hiring manager. Sorry that's cold, but that's the reality. What can you do for me? That's all I care about. And that's all you should be trying to tell me, what you can do for me. Okay? Baby girl, I can cook. I can clean. I got, I got nice clothes. I'm not going to cling on you all the time. I'll let you have your space with your friends. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What can you do for this person? So in the interview, it's the same thing. What can you do for this person? That's all that matters. That is truly all that matters is what can you do for that person? So your resume shouldn't be 10 pages. Give me enough in your, in your resume, and it's funny when you see two people's resumes side by side and one's 10 pages and one's two, okay? Give me enough in your resume to make me hungry to want to talk to you to make me fascinated and curious and intrigued about who you are. You know, um, this is probably a really bad analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway because that's how I roll. Uh, it's like women. When we tell women to dress a certain way, you don't reveal at all. You dress a certain way so that you leave enough to the imagination to make me want to go find out more. I kind of saved that one good. Um, but that's it. That's, What's your resume is for? Your resume is a conversation starter, not a conversation ender. It should be a conversation starter. It should be the thing that gets the, the, the door open. It should be driving with somebody and see something and um, want to stop and pull over and, talk and find out more about it. That's what the resume is. It's a conversation starter. It's a, ooh, look, what's behind door number two? Okay, so remember that with your resume. It's not your life story. If I can read your whole life story, I don't need to talk to you. You want me as a hiring manager to talk to you. You want me to talk to you, but if you put everything in your resume, I ain't got no reason to talk to you. I got no reason at all to talk to you. Whew. So that was it, my, my 11 tips. So I run through them real quick. First one was listen. When you ask a question in, in, the, in the interview, listen. Number two, 
is wear a suit, okay? Number three is don't ramble on. Number four is leave your phone at home. Number five is bring a notebook. Number six is bring your resume. Number seven is be careful of stating ulterior plans. Number eight, be willing to move if the job requires it. Number nine is come into the office. If you're local, come into the office. Don't take a phone interview if if they'd rather have you come in and be willing to come in for the job. Uh, Number, I guess, 10 was smile on the phone. Look in the mirror and smile. Number 11 was confidence versus arrogance. You want to be confident, but you don't want to come across as arrogant. And number 11 was don't have a 10-page resume. I'm dying with that one. But anyway, so, everybody, I hope this was uh, enjoyable and, 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 and informative. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook Live with any questions in the job search. There's a page for Bunny Slippers or Evil, or you can hit me, Tyrone Griffin, on my own page if you got any questions about job search. Um, I say if I meant to say it up front, I'm not a certified uh, career coach or anything like that. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Take it for what it's worth. If you don't want to follow it, don't follow it. If you want to follow it, do follow it. Okay, I'm not going to sit and tell you I know everything is right. I don't. So with that, everybody. Have a great day for those snowed in down here in the ATL. Stay strong, people. Sun's coming. So have a good one, and we will talk again soon. Take care, folks, and bye-bye.